Who are they? How did they get here? And where are they now? I'm Tyson Chastain, Director of Alumni Relations with Johnson University, and this is the Sojourner Podcast. Have you heard about Johnson University's Vanguard Church Partners Program? Churches who seek a more dynamic relationship with the university are invited to join this partnership as we work together to foster stronger connections between churches, the university, and the students who attend Johnson from VCP churches. Student scholarships and a variety of church benefits reinforce the partnership of Johnson University with each partner church. Learn more at johnsonu.edu forward slash Vanguard or call Brian Lakin, Director of Church Relations at 865-251-2141. Today we're joined in the Sojournal podcast by 1999 Johnson Bible College graduate, Jody England. Jody, welcome to the Sojournal podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Tyson. It's exciting to be here. I really appreciate you joining us, Jody. Uh, it, it was fun being with you as we were in school together for a while. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey since Johnson. So uh, before we get started, though, Jody, would you mind giving a general introduction of yourself to those in the audience who has never heard of Jody England? Well, they're, they're the lucky ones. If they've never heard of me, they're lucky. So no. Hey, uh, yeah. So my name's Jody England, uh, class of 99, like Tyson said. And my wife, Elizabeth, also attended uh, with me. I actually, she's the one that drug me down to Johnson. Uh, she was a graduate also. Uh, you know, we live up in Cicero, Indiana now, uh, ministering with uh, AIDS. Four kids. Most of you guys know we had two, but we got, we decided to start all over with two more. So <laughs> family of four, two of them's married, two of them's in high school. So that, that's crazy life. <laughs> great you you said something she drug you down there down here yeah so growing up I, I didn't really start even going to church till high school and then it was like you know just the corner united methodist church i i literally wanted to go to youth group because i thought you had to to be able to play basketball on game night so i was like <laughs> hey i just want to play basketball i want to go to church I, I knew nothing until I, bet, I met Beth. Um, I knew nothing of Johnson. I knew nothing of, you know, I mean, I knew of ministry. I knew I, I understood that. And we literally, um, she's like, hey, we dated for a couple of years and hey, let's get, we'll go get married. Um, but I want you to know if we'll go get married, this is my plan. My plan is to move to Knoxville to go to Johnson Bible College. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she goes, but you have to go to school too. I'm like, wait, no, let me, just let me work and you do this. And so we prayed about it um, during our engagement and all that. And, and I was like, well, I don't really know if this is what I want, but hey, if she's going, I'm going. So <laughs> we literally got married on a Saturday and much like a lot of students back in that time, non-traditional students, got married on a Saturday, moved to Knoxville on Sunday. Mm. Um, and it's been a wild ride ever since then. <laughs> That's cool. Now, in your intro, you said IDES. So for people who do not know the acronym, what is IDES? So IDES stands for International Disaster Emergency Service in the singular, not the plural. So IDES is a, uh, a not-for-profit organization, disaster relief organization uh, that's been around since 1973. Um, so we are actually celebrating our 50th anniversary this year. Uh, we joke, we, we wish Milton Bates back, you know, 
50 years ago, we'd have shortened the name down somehow because we all start hyperventilating after saying International Disaster Emergency Service. Because <laughs> I, I just doesn't communicate what we are. For those who know us, it communicates what we do. But um, right. so, yeah, so I've been here for about three years, uh, loving it. Um, just ministry has taken on a whole new uh, perspective for me. Yeah, I get that. Well, cool. Thank you for that introduction. So, yeah. uh, Beth, four children, and now a few years at IDES. Great. Yes. So, Jody, let's start with the journey then from from childhood. You said that you really didn't get into faith until you were in high school. So, was faith at all a part of your uh, younger years growing up? Not, not, not a bit. So, start, started up. I grew up in Fountain Square, uh, there southeast of of uh, Indianapolis, just you know, just two miles from downtown. I had a great family, a a, a family that just uh, was your stereotypical good people. They lived by, uh, you can say they lived by God's law. They didn't know God's law, but you know. They live by the, you know, treat people well, treat, you know, society well, be a good person. So I, I grew up with that foundation of being a good person. Just you do the right thing. You don't lie. You don't cuss. You don't, you don't do the things that the world would do in, in, in you know, Christian speak. But that was just it. Um, so till from, you know, every once in a while, you know, I'd go to Sunday school with some cousins uh, at the corner United Methodist Church here uh, in Indy. We'd, we'd go there. We'd enjoy, you know, Sunday school. Uh, I always snuck out, made sure I didn't have to sit through church because, hey, I didn't want to go to church. I just wanted to, you know, participate in the fun stuff, you know, mm-hmm. have a have a cool lesson, do some calling, get a snack. And then, OK, I'll sneak out before church starts. Um, <laughs> did that for most of my life. Then again, uh, in towards, you know, uh, high school, they hired their first ever youth minister. Um, so he was going around knocking on doors and saying hi. And I was like, this guy's just weird. I mean, why why would anybody want to do this as a living, working with kids and this and that? Okay. And so my cousins who lived closer to the church was always going to the church and involved. And they started up a youth basketball league. And I was like, man, I love playing basketball. So unbeknownst to me, I thought I had to go to youth group to be able to play basketball. So I literally went to this youth minister and said, hey, hey, Jim, I'd love to play basketball, but I know I need to come to youth group. Is it okay if I come to youth group? But I really just want to come to youth group to play basketball. And he didn't say a thing. Like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. So started going to youth group on Sunday night, still went to church, you know, every once in a while. It still just wasn't, you know, my vibe. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, anytime youth group was on and basketball was on, I was there. So for the first, you know, 15, 16 years of my life, it was just was not, was never on my radar. Um, then we started, he started doing, um, uh, you know, youth retreats, um, Camp Woodsmoke out in Eastern Indiana. I think it was Eastern Indiana. Uh, it was like a Lions Club campground and our church didn't have a church camp or anything. So we'd go out there and do fall retreats. And every time I'd go, I was like, man, this is, this is different. This is, there's meaning behind, you know, what we do at youth group. And that got me, you know, thinking a little bit about ministry, but not really, you know, wanting to do it and then uh kind of like i said i met beth it was funny i i saw beth I, I was a year ahead of her in high school so one one time we had a uh a pep rally and her and her best friend was down doing a three-legged race in at, at tech high school in indianapolis not not you know not the school you think of pep rallies and stuff and 
literally i'm in one of the top bleachers and i looked down and i'm like man she is cute and that was like three years i'd see her on campus walking around every while it's like that's that cute girl man <laughs> and then and then what my final year in high school i had completed all the credit hours necessary credit hours i had to have and so then i uh i go in and i'm like my guidance counselor's like well you're in art right yeah i got a you know got the commercial certificate for sign painting i was gonna be a sign painter a silk screener that's what i was gonna do for life i was just make t-shirts make posters make signs and all that and so i she goes well, you've got this hour at the end of your day you've got to take a class I'm like i can't take any more art classes i'm taking every class you we've had and she goes hey there's this stage design class why don't you do stage design and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool, because uh, the class, the, the my morning classes was in the, the same room and same building. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So I, first day of class, I'm in there, and in walks this cute girl I've had my eyes on for three years, never never even talked to her. And I'm like, oh, she's here. This is great. <laughs> so we started talking. Unbeknownst to me, she's flirting with me. I had no idea. I'm like, didn't know what <laughs> flirting was. I ended up going to my senior prom with a friend from my youth group because I, at that time, you know, I was, even though I was, you know, a senior, I still wasn't, I mean, I was interested in girls, but I didn't have the self awareness of, you know, how to do that, you know, exactly. ask a girl out. And, uh, but she's flirting with me all through this and dropping hints left and right hey are you going to prom with anybody i don't have anybody to go to prom with me this and that dropping all these hints i'm like nah i'm, I'm going with a friend oh okay so <laughs> after after that you know we connected after i graduated you know we switched phone uh, numbers back when you could switch phone numbers, you couldn't just text it you had to actually write it down on a piece of paper and <laughs> that summer we started talking and you know within like you know a month or so of me graduating we were a couple we were started dating first girlfriend ever kind of cool kind of neat for me and then so we dated for about two and a half years like i said she her her grandfather was harry randolph he graduated in 44 from johnson uh harry randolph i think class of 44 i've got his diploma it's on vellum it's really cool it's old school uh, uh 1940s diploma from johnson's got uh dr bell's signature on it all, all cool stuff but she grew up knowing about johnson bible college and wanted to be in ministry uh, you know she was kind of you know pushing away from being a school teacher but was doing nursing and and that didn't work out for her so again we get married and she's like hey if we're going to do this we'll go do this down in knoxville at johnson bible college i'm like okay yeah sure what, what, whatever i love you i'm following you and so then yeah got married on a saturday july 30th and moved to knoxville on july 31st <laughs> but yeah so yeah growing up church was not a thing it just was life um you treat people right and then just through you know influences in life people um who saw value in youth uh school teachers uh like that you know kept me safe kept me out of you know trouble um, and, uh, God had, had a clear plan looking back. He's like, yeah, God knew what I was doing, but man, I just, I thought I was just having fun, just going along life. And uh, here God is like, Hey, I've got a plan for you. <laughs> That's cool. Wow. So many, so many questions that have yeah, uh, come up. A lot of so, first, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm acquainted with Arsenal Technical High School. Uh, that, that never struck me as a very safe place. But it you grew wasn't. up in Fountain City. Yeah, Fountain Square. 
Fountain Square. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So if you know the the, the home show, two chicks and a hammer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say something Square. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two chicks and a hammer, or, or whatever. Mom and daughter. Uh, yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was a. Literally, it was commissioned during the Civil War by Abraham Lincoln uh, mm. to do munition storage and stuff. And it's been gifted to the city of Indianapolis for like a dollar a year. And so it's still, I think, technically, it's still like federal property. It's just so it's like a small college. It was funny because when I went to Johnson at that time, Johnson's campus was smaller than my high school's campus. Yeah. I'm like, I got this. This is no problem. This is a small campus. But no, we we would we would sit in class and there would be school riots going on, not school riots, but inter-school riots. So Broad Ripple would come up, kids from Broad Ripple would come over to Tech and cause problems. And mm. we'd be looking out to the courtyard and there'd be fights going on. And it's like, yeah, well, it was just, was not the, uh, the great school <laughs> that, it, that it should be. So. Right. Right. Now your major influence when you did start getting involved with faith was the Methodist church. Yes. Yeah, so a little church on Woodlawn and Villa, uh, out just south of Indy, uh, called it's no longer there. Um, Victory Memorial United Methodist. The church was established after the Second World War, mm. um, and that hence the name Victory Memorial. It was it, the church was built on the the memorial of the victory of World War II. Um, oh, interesting. But yeah, so great church, um, just uh, loving people. I mean, still people who contact me every once in a while that like i said the church has since shut its doors yeah it's just a small community to church now was beth raised in the uh restoration movement yep. church raised in the restoration um so uh harry's none of harry's kids went to johnson uh he had two sons and a daughter uh none of them really they had a good strong faith but they just didn't do ministry kind mm-hmm. of saw, saw they saw their dad go through ministry and they're like yeah that's not for me you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, I mean, uh, Harry was actually, uh, if I remember right, he was actually in China when the communism started taking off and he had to be evacuated out of China because mm. he was going to be a missionary. So, yeah, so she grew up, you know, going to all the local churches there kind of in Speedway. Oh, gosh, I can't, uh, I can't even think of the church she went to uh, in that area. But, yeah, so she grew up outside the on the uh, west side of the, the Speedway track. Um, and all that. So yeah, she kind of grew up in the restoration movement at churches. I'm trying to remember what churches are on the west side uh, in Speedway area. I mean, it's, I know Chapel Rock, Ben Davis. Yeah. I think they went to Chapel Rock for some time. Uh, gosh, she'll she'll slap me for not knowing the name of this church because I, I I would I actually when we started dating I would do she'd come over to my church for youth group and then I'd go over to her church for youth group and. Uh, that was the basis of our, uh, you know, our relationship because neither one of us had any money. So it wasn't like we could go on date, outstanding <laughs> dates or anything. So youth group was, you know, the time for us to have a snack and spend time together. <laughs> what was the name <laughs> of that, uh, that camp that you talked about? So it was Camp Wood Smoke. Um, camp Wood Smoke. Yeah, I think it was out on set. Always, of course, you know, being a high school on, school on the back of a big blue bus you didn't pay attention to it but i think it was out on uh, 74 towards cincinnati is kind of always the feeling i had so it was just i think like a lions club campground or some some you know one of those groups like that they just had a campground and we'd go out and do uh, fall retreats and spring retreats out there was was beth ever a part of those things or did she have her own camp that she went to i think she went 
I'm trying to think if she ever went. I know she went to because we would actually started dating after I was out of high school. Um, I know she went on a couple. So out of high school, I then became like the for the few years I was around. I was a youth sponsor, so um, I wasn't much of a youth sponsor. I was still, you know, still a kid. Still a kid yourself, but, yeah. But I've got authority over you <laughs> a little bit um, type of stuff. But we'd, um, so I know she went on a couple trips, like Kings Island trips and stuff with us uh, as kind of a sponsor and stuff. But um, gosh, I can't remember if she really did a lot of the those retreats because, again, that was kind of almost pre our relationship. Well, I was just sort of curious, um, but now between high school and you, you were you were dating for two years before you got married and moved to Johnson yeah. that quick. So where did faith become genuinely yours? I mean, what, what was, t tell me about your, you know, conversion experience, if you will. Yeah. So probably my junior, well, no, it been my senior year. No, 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 no. It's been after my senior year, I was baptized in the Methodist church. So since I was sprinkled, which was kind of a, Rightfully so, it was kind of a little bit of conflict between best mom and my and myself because that's what I was taught. That's what I right. knew. That's what, how I was taught. So it was kind of conflict. And her mom was obviously, even though I, I probably still wouldn't admit it to this day, her mom was right and I was wrong, but I'll never, you know, confess that to <laughs> You'll her. never tell her that. <laughs> I'll never tell her that. Um, but it was one of those things of uh, I really wanted that. It, it came through one of the um, fall retreats we did at Camp Wood Smoke. Um, it just kind of hit me that hey, this this is real. This is this is just more than basketball. It's more than just whatever. Um, so we, I did that. Um, I was part of a production. We had a part of the retreat was we had to write a five minute skit. Uh, my group decided to you know popular kids versus unpopular kids, and we wrote a skit called Nerdy Nathan. And somehow I was Nerdy Nathan. I don't know why I was Nerdy Nathan, but so. I don't know if Family Matters or is it Family Matters of Steve Urkel? Uh -huh. Is that so? I don't know if Family Matters was out yet, but I, that's basically how I dress. I mean, you know, I had the shirt shorts and I hiked them up and just I was nerdy Nathan and uh, we did that and uh, it was the best received skit of the night. It's just about how treating people as Christ would treat them and accepting them for who they are and um, so that. You know, that kind of hit. I mean, and I, and I was pretty nerdy. I, I, I won't say nerdy. Nerdy implies intelligence. I was more of a geek. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a nerd is smart. A geek is just geeky. I was more of a geek. So I I, I didn't know what was going on. So um, it was just, uh, it, it was impactful. And it kind of got me going thinking mm. that. Interesting story, kind of fast forwarding. So uh, when we were on campus, um, uh, Bob Martin was, you know, the theology teacher, systematic theology and this and that. And I remember one day walking up to chapel, for, him and I, I must have been checking mail and he was checking mail. We met at Eubanks and I was talking to him. Uh, he had done a class on baptism and what that meant. And so I'm talking to him and he's like, well, Jody, you, you're at Johnson, you've been baptized. I said, well, yeah. And so I told him about the Methodist church and being sprinkled and he he didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't like, you know, wasn't critical. I said, but after your, your lecture, I said, I'm really think rethinking that. Am I, you know, was that baptism what scripture called me to be? And um, so the next week, I think we were looking at Gap Creek. We were attending Gap Creek Christian Church. Uh, Phil Zook came over to the house and talked to me about what it meant. I'm like, yeah, Phil, this is what I need. 
Um, so that Sunday, we I was baptized. So it was funny. I was at Johnson Bible College studying to be a minister, and now now I'm getting baptized. It's like that was really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I did everything back. Everything in my life's been backwards. Um, but I remember the next week, I'm talking to Bob as we're walking up to chapel. Uh, probably we didn't have Monday chapel, did we? It was Monday was always a day off because right, to right. travel. So so it would have been Tuesday morning chapel, walking up to chapel. And I tell Bob, and in the middle of the road, he's just he, in Bob's own way, he just pray, starts praising God um, and saying, this is amazing, this and that. And, and Bob's mannerism. The cool thing is I got to, so part of my job of IDES is uh, scheduling the meal packs. Um, I got a call from a guy over in Oklahoma. Um, his name was Steve Martin. So we're talking this and that, and he's, we're going through everything. And he's like, so are you a, did you go to Johnson? I said, yeah. I said, but I said, and here's my personal thing. I said, but I went to Johnson Bible college. <laughs> That's always my introduction to people. Hey, I'm uh -huh. Jody. I went to Johnson Bible college. So he said, I, he goes, no. Oh, so you had my dad in class and it clicked instantly. I'm like, was your dad, Bob Martin? He's like, yeah. And I literally, I almost start crying just because that memory came back to me of just Bob and his mellow, I'm rejoicing in the Lord ways. It came back to me like that. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I was so emotional. I'm like, mm. what, what is wrong with me? But it was just, uh, I was one of those pivotal figures in my faith because, I mean, he never discipled me um, outside of the classroom. But it was one of those key turning points in my in my walk to where I realized, yeah, I need to be baptized. I need to be immersed. Uh, and uh, Bob's class, whatever class he was talking about, I don't know if it's systematic theology or whatever. But it was like, hey, you this is what this is what baptism is. And so yeah, Bob Bob Martin was one of the foundational figures in in my understanding of what what faith looks like. Mm, yeah. He was the same for me. I think I think you're talking about basic Christian beliefs class, BCD. Probably, yeah, because it was uh, it would have been first semester. Yeah, I mean, so you know, right right uh, out of the you know out of marriage, right into you know college life, and um, yeah, so it was whatever whatever the first year students got with Bob Martin, mm -hmm. uh, and he was talking about baptism. Like that was nothing like what I experienced. <laughs> and then so then talking to Bob, and and, and then talking to Phil Zook. It, it it was in a, a very pivotal time in my face. So really, it was I was at Johnson before I really it really came for full circle why I was in ministry and what I was doing. You know, of all the people that that you could point to that influenced faith, you know, you had two salt of the earth guys right there, uh, Phil Zook yeah. and Bob Martin. That just yeah, yeah. Well, obviously being down there last uh, last February for homecoming and seeing Phil, I mean. It's just all those good vibes, all those good feelings of seeing everybody from that time in my life. It was like, wow, this is amazing. This These people were, I mean, they are my foundation outside of Christ. They were my faith foundation. You know, going to Gap Creek, you had some of the best Sunday school teachers because you had JBC professors teaching. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. I don't have to do homework for this class, but I like it. So. <laughs> But it was just, you know, Gap Creek, that, you know, that small wood slap white building just down the road. Nothing in comparison to these mega churches, um, nothing against mega churches. But I mean, just the impact it had on Beth and, both Beth and I's uh, uh, 
beginning of our Mary Jane ministry. Well, um, so you've pretty much taken us to that journey of how you got to Johnson from high school to Johnson. So tell me, uh, I mean, share, obviously sharing that baptism story, that's great. And how all that yeah. kind of happened. Yeah. Uh, but tell me about your experience at Johnson academically, spiritually, socially. What were the things yeah. that you were involved in? What professors stand out? What are the memories? Just, yeah, oh, kind of share, share yeah. with me that Johnson journey. Man, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This uh, man. So, uh, Doctor Reese. Oh my gosh, mm. man. That's that's tough. He just was uh, Bob Martin, David Reese, David Wheeler. Eventually, um, Ron Wheeler. Uh, oh gosh, Doctor uh, Pearson. What what was Doctor Pearson's first name? Uh -huh. Jim. Jim. Jim Pearson. I mean, because I when I went to Johnson, I started out in the disabilities ministry. Um, because oh, wow. he was kind of that, and at that point, it really wasn't taking off, it wasn't as developed as it needed to be. So, I switched over to uh, youth ministry Christian ed. But, yeah, um, uh, guys like Dr. Mattingly, uh, I never had uh, Doc Dr. Bridges, um, just you know, uh, like you said, the salt of the earth, just professors who would have you. Being married and living off campus, we didn't do the, you know, traditional, you know, we were at professors' houses having dinners and stuff, but just seeing them in public and the the care investment they had in everybody. I mean, I'm I'm sure you remember this. Um they're going out if you go out off campus and turn left instead of right, uh, to go through Porterfield Gap. I mean, at least twice a summer, Dr. Reese was over in one of the curbs cleaning trash up. Mm -hmm. And one day, I, I after class, I said, hey, Dr. Reese, I, I'd love to come help you. He goes, nope, I don't want help. I'm like, he goes, this, he goes, that's, he goes, that's my time. He goes, it's my service. It's just being in, in, in that. I'm like, whew, got away from that. I don't have to go <laughs> clean. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, Linda Smith was in, you know, youth, the youth ministry there for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the one year between her and then David Wheeler coming in. The crazy thing is, as much as, the professors meant to me, uh, the support staff, you know, um, the Halens in the kitchen. Is that Was Just, that your work-study job, the kitchen? For the most part, I was in work-study in the kitchen. I, and then towards the end of my career, I did, you know, I was I was campus security, too. Uh -huh. um, said, I, I sat in the, the first security box that was out towards, the, closer to the road, that was like a tin can. Uh -huh. And then we got the, you know, we got the Taj Mahal of security uh, gates. Um, so I did that. But I mean, the Halens, um, prior to her now being first lady of Johnson, uh, Deb Smith being in, you know, over the kitchen, working with her, uh, she got me in trouble. Um, Deb said, because one time Dr. Smith was walking down the hall and, of course, in the kitchen, it was always Tommy this, Tommy that, Deb, listening to Deb, uh, Debbie speak. Well, I just happened to say, hey, Tommy. And he's like, uh, you work in the kitchen, don't you? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Dr. Smith. I'm like, I'm so sorry. But, um, um, and I'm sure it's still like that to some to some extent. I, I would not trade my time off uh, of being at Johnson during the time I was at Johnson, during, John, during Johnson's period um, of its development. Uh, our daughter, Sarah, she graduated uh, from the Florida campus a few years ago. Uh, so, so she went down there. So Johnson's been a part um, of, of our lives. And 
but yeah, just professors, support staff. I mean, like Phil Zook. I mean, yeah, he was a preacher at, 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 at Cap Creek, but working in HVAC and just you couldn't get away with anything because everybody knew you. It's <laughs> like, hey, right. even if I wanted to get in trouble, I couldn't because everybody knows me. So, uh -huh. um, but yeah, I mean, you, you think of um, David Reese really just comes to mind as far as the one professor I had in class a lot of just being down to earth. I, I don't even know if that's the right, just he was, he was who he was. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, and all of our professors really were, they were not one way in class and one way out, but you just knew David Reese loved ministry. So transparent. Uh, Bob Martin was transparent. <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I know we were in one of Norm Dungan's English classes. This was uh, in the, the far corner of the PW. I was there. Terry Peppel was there. Oh, gosh, you were there. And we were taking a class. And it must have been a bad weekend because we started having a conversation in class. And Norm Dungan's asking about, why did you guys get out of this chapter? And I'm like the third person he's asked that because the first people are like, uh, we didn't read the we didn't read the chapter. And he gets to me and I'm sitting there going, I didn't read the chapter. And I think he went through the whole class and like it was even like Terry Pepple hadn't read the chapter. And you know if Terry didn't read the chapter, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, but it was just like, and he just kind of looked at us. He goes, Well, I think class is done. I don't know if you remember that or not, but oh, I remember just, that. It just accepted like. Wow. And it wasn't like he was, just, he just went on and he's just like, he's just like, come on, guys, you got to get with this. And it's like, we're so sorry. Mm -hmm. But it was just amazing. But again, it was just, um, it was a family. Uh, Johnson was such a family to uh, Beth and I. When, I mean, I lived with my parents. I, we, I was 20 when we got married. I lived with my parents till the day I moved out. Mm -hmm. um, so they were really my adopt. The whole campus was just my adoptive uh, family. Yeah. Uh, any yeah. other lessons from class that you remember specifically? I I, I just always loved David Reese's classes. Mm -hmm. They were just so relative to life. I mean, he brought the scriptures because he he did OTP, right? Old uh -huh. Testament poetry. Uh -huh. I mean, just, of just the, yeah, and yeah, it's just of course me not being in the church. A lot of these stories were brand new to me. And so it was just like, wow, this is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was not the best student at Johnson. I will I, look at my GPA. I was not, you know, I did I didn't have any extra ribbons or buttons on my gown. Most of the professors were probably like, oh, I lost that bet. Jody made it through. <laughs> you know, it was just it was just things that um I mean a lot of it was just so new to me that everything just, you know, later in life, uh, later in you know, the the career. When you start, you're getting close to graduation. I don't think you appreciate the classes as much because right. one, your mindset is, oh, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. You know, we've been here for four or five years. We're ready to get get going. Uh, that's kind of, I guess, if that would be my biggest regret is, you know, I rushed those, you know, those final years, final year or so, because it's like, I'm just done. I mm -hmm. just wasn't, again, uh, it was just time to to move on to the next step. And if I could go to back to any part of my life, I'd be like, you know, enjoy that, that those second, that second half of your, your career at Johnson, just, uh, it was all good, but it was just like, yeah, you you got focused on the next step and didn't get to appreciate the step that you were in. Mm. Yeah, that's good. What do you remember uh, about chapel or small group chapel? 
I remember I didn't do a lot of small group chapels. Um, we worked. I worked off campus during that time, so a lot of times I would use it. You know, I'd do the audio, go over to the library, get the audio tape, and listen to it, and make do a chapel makeup. I, I remember, you know, taking attendance in chapel, sitting in chapel, and having your pew buddy, uh, your pew partner. I think uh, uh, Billy Eubanks for a while was my pew partner, and then. Phil Phil Eagling when he came, I think he was obviously he, all the E's were right there in that area. Um, I remember one year I was you know down to, on the floor right by the stage, and then like the next year I was up in the balcony. And I was like, because I think they put all the bad kids up in the balcony. I don't know if they just get them farther away from the stage or something. But um, you know, chapel was always again a lot of this stuff was still new to me because I hadn't really heard that type of preaching. I, I do remember one of my fun stories. So uh, uh, in chapel, uh, towards towards the end of my uh, schooling there, uh, I was uh, the part-time and then eventually full-time youth minister at Thorn Grove Christian Church. I remember being there one time. This is when I was in ministry with Joel. Uh, and Joel's playing the, the prelude to, to chapel. And he was the speaker that morning. And he gets up after that and he goes, you know, in my day, when the prelude started playing, people shut up. <laughs> and he just like ripped us all for talking during his prelude. And that was just Joel. Uh, it was great. But again, it's not real deep, but it's just, I always appreciated the lectures that we'd have. But Bob Russell coming in and, you know, doing the special lecturings and mm -hmm. um, uh, Lewis Foster. I mean, mm -hmm. he when he was on campus doing... Uh, whatever was it Romans or whatever up, up in the old chapel it was Romans I'm like I didn't he didn't know who Lewis Foster was and now I'm like <laughs> I should have known who I was being taught by I just didn't I didn't get it but yeah just you know the special speakers or just the professors or um the deans on campus that if there was their, their week to preach I, no one probably remembers this but me but in the middle of my career uh Beth we think Beth brings home chicken pox. So I'm a year, two years in at Johnson. I get chicken pox as a 21 or 22 year old. And so I'm out, I mean, I'm out for like two, three weeks. Cause it's just, it was horrible. Rick Beam sends me a note saying, Hey, we, we've approved your, uh, you know, your long-term absence. We, we, we put this together to, so that you can get back into class and stuff. And in the bottom of the note, he goes, I know you're itching to get back to class. And I'm just like, guess who the first person was I went and saw when I got back on campus. I'm like, that was so rude, but it's so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Richard Bean, when he was pre, I mean, I always loved it when he preached. Because um, being, obviously being the dean, he, he wasn't, at that time, he wasn't in the classroom teaching and stuff. But he always, I always just, his sermons always just stick out to me when he was yeah. preaching and stuff. So that's just the the, the depth of Johnson at that time of just the professors and the deans and uh, uh, Dean Lau. I mean, not only he was the dean of students, but I he was an elder at uh, Gap Creek and I mowed his grass. I made the mistake one time of mowing his grass on a Sunday and I got called into the dean's office. <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, the mis mistakes we made, the, the goofy things we did, but it just, uh, it was such a good time. Again, it's I love to quote the office way too much in my life. Um, and then Andy has this quote in, I think, the final episode of basically, I, I wish we knew we were living in the good old days when 
<laughs> we were in the good old days. We didn't know we were living in the good old days. Mm. And I, I really wish I knew that. I mean, looking back now, it's like, man, I would not. Yeah, there would there be things I'd like to do different. Yeah, but, you know, it was so good. Mm. It was just so good to be there and be a part of uh, that campus and that 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 in that point of history. And like I said before, just being there at that at that point was amazing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I assume as a married student, you didn't lot you did not have a lot of social life. You were not involved in sports or or I was not. I was so like depressed because you know intramural basketball, this and that. So so we lived off campus for two two three years, and then uh, when we had our second child, Sarah, or when we knew we were going to have that, uh, we started having um, we moved on to campus, which really worked out. So and then I worked full time off campus over there in a. Mid Rivers Industrial Park, over at the what used to be the Panasonic plant. Um, so yeah, I mm. we really didn't have a social life. Best social life while we were there uh, were her teacher had, had student you know counterparts. Um, that's so what what I do for Ides is get getting to travel around. But the best part is when I walk into a church and I I see someone where I went to school with. That's another cool thing I get to, and then it just everything again floods back. Uh, but yeah, it's just a, an amazing time. Yeah, absolutely. Before you left Johnson and went on to whatever ministry in life was going to be like for you and Beth, there mm -hmm. was another episode that happened in your life while you were here on campus. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah. So, you know, that last, uh, Beth's last year of her uh, bachelor degree, she was pregnant, um, went into adult respiratory distress, distress syndrome, you know, being, you know, six, seven hours away from family, we we were terrified. Uh, Beth was, you know, virtually on life support, although it was, she was on a respirator, uh, this and that. I had So I had her in the hospital. I had Sarah, who's now 24. Um, she was, you know, in the NICU. And I, I got an amazing story I share till to this day. My parents were down. Again, uh, because of the illness, they actually came down to pick up Jacob and take him home. So one day I'm at UT Hospital, um, just sitting, waiting to hear something from the doctors. Bob Martin comes running through the the um, elevators. And then Dr. Eubanks comes running through the elevators, on, on separate elevators. And I'm like, my eyes must have been like that big. I'm like, what's wrong, guys? And they're like, well, we heard Beth's taking a turn for the worse. I'm like, really? So I run back and talk to the nurses, and they're like, no, everything's fine. But the story goes, um, there was a call made uh, to the bubble, to the general, general campus, saying that the campus needed to pray for Beth because she was at a pivotal moment in her health. And I, obviously, I wasn't there, but from what I heard, uh, I don't know if they cleared out all the classes, but they called everybody into either chapel, PW, had prayer. Um, and then at that time, I mean, Bob Martin, David Eubanks is running up and there was never a, a, a bleep on her record, on her, you know, her, you know, that heart rate, this and that. And I, I don't take that as, oh, someone was pranking. I, I, I literally think that was God intervening before there was a need to intervene. Mm. and calling his children to prayer. I get, I get goosebumps. Even I, I share that story because there, there is no reason for those 
men, and I, I know there was others. I don't know if David Wheeler was, I'm sure David Wheeler came out, um, but there's no reason for that call to be made. And and it, it ministered to the nurses of UT because they're like, we've never had seen anything like this. It was, uh, and I'll, I'll talk a, bit, a little bit about this here in a bit. It was a huge step for my parents in their uh, eventual faith walk. That David Eubanks was talking, Dr. Eubanks was talking to my dad and he left and my dad's like, who was that? I'm like, well, that was the, the president of our school. I mean, he was, he goes, he came all the way down here for, for Beth. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's who he is. That's, that's who, that's, that's what, what Christians yeah. do. That's what yeah. Johnson does. That's what Christian. And he's like, I really need to rethink this Christian stuff. Cause I, <laughs> even at that point, they still weren't Christians. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was, that was amazing. Um, and then, so I, I think I, I, I'm sure in the back of that yearbook, I don't know if it was 99 or 2000, I think Beth's in the back page. I think you guys are on the back page. And we, we made the yearbook. We just made the back page of the yearbook. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just amazing. Just, um, I know there was one time I, I set a, a journal up uh, during Beth's illness in the, uh, the uh, Eubanks uh, mail room. And I just asked during chapel. Well, see, yeah, during chapel, I asked people uh, to just write her a note. Um, I had some friend. We had some friends that went to school there. Uh, uh, Teresa and Fred Crone. Uh, they were there, um, and I delivered as a Christian Ed youth minister. I did. I didn't have to do a senior sermon, and wasn't that? But I chose to at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And so this is springtime, and. Everybody gave said don't don't worry about doing your senior sermon. Don't worry about this. Is you don't have to. Like no, I said my wife would get mad at me if I didn't. She she'd think I just said as an, as an excuse to get out of doing something. So uh, during that senior sermon, I said, hey guys, I got this, and I, I still have the journal. I still have cards from that time. Uh, Beth and I have cards, and it was just amazing. Uh, again, just another testimony uh, to what Johnson was uh, during that time. So cool. So then you you did ultimately, of course, graduate. Beth graduated from uh, the teacher education program, and she went yeah. and got the master's teacher ed as well, right? Yeah, um, she did, yes. So where did you guys go after leaving Johnson, and what was your journey between Johnson and where you are now at yeah. ICE? So, uh, so we had that off year. I was After I graduated and Beth was still in school, we, we were part of Thorn Grove, a Christian church, kind of as their... Uh, student youth minister, small church, but amazing people. Um, once Beth graduated, uh, we knew we wanted to get closer to home, but it wasn't a necessity. Dave Lake, uh, he was up at, um, was it Rockholds? There outside of Corbin, one of the churches there outside of Corbin, Kentucky. Uh, so 17th Street Christian Church there in Corbin, Kentucky was looking for a youth minister. And Dave knew the church and uh, highly recommended me to them. The easiest interview process I've ever had in my in my ministry. We literally interviewed for like an hour, and they're like, "So, you want the job?" I'm like, "It's not. Is this how this works? It's the first time I've ever done it. This is not how they prepped me for this." But so we did that. So we we accepted that call. We were in Corbin, Kentucky, for uh, about two and a half years. Great ministry, great congregation. Um, just uh, enjoyed that time uh, while we were there. Um, Alan Hughes uh, from Kingsway Christian School up in Avon, Indiana. Uh, he had come down best senior year 
prior to master's or maybe part of her master's program. And they uh, did mock interviews. Well, for the students, it was mock interviews. For Alan Hughes, it was, he was interviewing teachers. So uh, we thought that the, the led to get even closer to home. Uh, so then we did that. So uh, Alan come down, we interviewed Beth uh, at the church or at, in, in the parsonage that we lived in. Uh, he drove home, got board permission and offered her a job. Uh, she started next year, that next, that summer we moved up uh, back to Indiana. Um, I did a, right, she was at Kingsway and I was looking for a church. I did an interim ministry at Rochdale Christian Church um, for about six, seven weeks. Um, they they quite weren't ready for the, the program yet. So um, I ended up, believe it or not, going to a small church in Morgan County, Indiana, called Olive Christian Church. Now, here's a guy that, talking about myself, that, you know, was in student ministry, Christian education, and outside of being in youth ministry for two or three years, my first real gig for five years was being a pulpit minister, doing callings, you know, all, all the things I wasn't trained for uh, in my, my degree field, I'm doing it. So I'm just making stuff up as I'm going. I'm just trying. I, I told the, when I interviewed with, and I loved it. I, we were there for five years, uh, enjoyed every minute. And I, when I interviewed, I said, guys, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, I'll be making a lot of this up. It's, I said, I'll give you everything I have, everything I am. Uh, you just got to be patient with me. I said, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to I'm not going to be polished from the pulpit. Um, uh, and when, when we, uh, so we were there for about five years. Um, and financially, it, it was, uh, I was the first full-time minister they ever had. So financially, it was kind of a burden on them. So we, so from Olive, we transitioned into uh, an associate ministry uh, with a focus on youth. Uh, so we did that uh, for 12 years with East Union Christian Church uh, up in Atlanta, Indiana. That was, I mean, that was my fit. That's really where I excelled. I, I felt like that was, uh, not only did I do youth, uh, but even that five years in the pulpit at Olive prepared me for being an associate, you know, preaching once or twice a month, uh, helping out uh, our senior minister with uh, um, visitations, hospital calls, funerals, weddings. I mean, it really prepared me being an associate. Um, so we did that for, uh, almost 13 years, uh, right at 13 years, just a little bit short of that. Enjoyed every minute of it. Um, we uh, we had a, a senior minister who went with a late in life minister. Uh, he actually went through the master, one of the first master's programs at Johnson with Dave Leg and the like, um, Rex Stunning. Uh, he was 40 years old when he went to school, graduated, uh, hopped around a few churches, ended up at his home church there at, at East Union. Uh, we worked together for nine, nine, ten years. He 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 retired. Uh, we then we started doing some uh, ministry search. Uh, we hired uh, one gentleman for a short period of time, and then we were in a search again. Uh, so we hired a, uh, our current minister, Mark Knapp. Uh, he was uh, we called him. Uh, we worked together for six months, and again, um, I think it was Mount Pleasant Christian Church had a. Evangelism, evangelism and the discipleship seminar. And of course they had Bob Russell come up and speak and lead that. So I go to Mark and say, hey, we're going to this. Bob Russell's preaching, I'm going. I'm gonna go listen to, to Bob. And uh, we're at that conference learning about discipleship, evangelism. Kind of they kind of make an 
an awkward announcement. Hey, we've got some families here that are homeschooled. What they were doing is saying, hey, the reason you hear kids is we've got some parents here who homeschool and their kids are here. So, you know, being that, you know, the introvert I am in, in that situation, the first break I run over there and say, hey, how are you guys doing? Talking, love, love that you got your kids here, love your families and this and that. Introduce myself. It was one of the wives of one of the directors here at IDES. They, uh, she was there homeschooling just with their church, not with IDES, but with their church. Um, she starts talking, we talk, you know, five minutes and we say our goodbyes, have lunch and do the rest of the seminar. Before I get home, I have an email from Randy Jones, um, who was our projects manager at that time, going, hey, we've got this position of a gap director. Uh, we'd like for you to apply. You, you bumped into my wife, Naomi, at the seminar, and she said, hey, you need to call this guy. He just, he came up to me out of the blue, you know, just whatever. And I call Randy. I'm like, ah, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm, I Things are good at the church. I said, but. I've always said in my ministry, I, I won't shut the door on God. If God opens a door, I'll look at it. So um, I talked, Beth and I talk. Uh, I was actually closer to my house than the church was to my house. <laughs> um, but uh, so we start talking about, pray about it. And I call Randy back a couple of days later and go, okay, I'll, I'll submit an application, talk to you guys. Um, I honestly didn't expect anything to come out of it. So at that time, uh, Rick Jett was the uh, executive director of IDES. Go through an interview. I leave. I'm like, I, I found that. There's no way they're going to hire me. I sounded like a fool. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. And a day or so later, I get a call from Randy. They're like, hey, we want you to, we'd like to have you come in uh, for a final interview. We'd like, we want to hire you, but we want to just, you know, cover all the stuff that we need to cover. And I'm like, I looked at Beth and I'm like, is this really happening? Is this is this moving this quick? Uh, went to uh, that interview. And so we obviously accepted that position. Uh, so I've been with IDES since the November of 19, 2019. Uh, the cool thing is, uh, even though I, I resigned, obviously, my associate position at East Union, uh, we stayed at East Union uh, because there was really no reason to leave. I mean, it wasn't like there was heartache or conflict. Uh, I'm sure some people were disappointed I didn't just leave, <laughs> but yeah, so we're still there. I mean, we still attend. I'm actually, uh, uh, I'm, I'm an elder, at least for the next year and a half, uh, enjoying that, enjoying, it's weird being on that side of the table uh, at, during those meetings. So, so yeah, I had that transition, not really one I was looking at, but again, it was God's timing. Um, so that kind of brings us to, to today. I started in November of 19. Of course, COVID hit, you know, four months later. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, get this, the, the GAP program running. Uh, it, it had been running for a long time, but, you know, trying to grow it. And I'm stuck in my basement mm. for six weeks on Zoom calls, making phone calls. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what did I do? I made I made the wrong decision or something. Um, but God used that, you know, that six weeks of me being in my basement, making phone calls. Uh, introducing myself to our partnering churches, our partnering missions, and just growing things uh, from uh, from there. Uh, it's been a wild ride. The the GAP program, which stands for God Always Provides, uh, historically has been a, a food preparation ministry uh, of the four ingredients we use. So we've grown that. They, they've been packing since 2010. 
the earthquake that hit Haiti in 2009 actually kind of birthed this ministry for AIDS. I mean, there's mm -hmm. organizations that's done it longer than we have. Um, so, you know, for the first, you know, 10 years of the program, they were packing, you know, my uh, predecessor, he got he got things up to where they were packing a million meals a year, which was great. But since then, we, we've grown the program. Uh, things are going great. Um, so uh, my, my, my testimony about AIDS is I thought AIDS needed me. I'm like, okay, they've called me. They need me. I'm going to go do this for them. This is going to be my job. Um, and I was horrible in ministry for about self-care. I, I just, I, I still, I'm still horrible at self-care. Um, when I got to AIDS um, and started getting to meet people, going, you know, learning about what AIDS is about, who they are within, you know, weeks before, be, really before COVID hit, I was like, man, AIDS did not need me. I needed AIDS. I, I needed to be uh, a part of this ministry. It was great. It was amazing. I learned. We've got a, uh, since I've been here, uh, Rick Jett has retired as executive director after 21 years. He kind of got snookered into the position because he actually married the wife's, uh, the, the founder's daughter. So she's been in part of AIDS forever. Funny story. She always said, hey, I, daddy always thought he would need some airplanes. He, his vision was AIDS would get so big, we need our own airplanes. And so her joke is, well, daddy, I didn't get you an airplane, but I did get you a jet. <laughs> Since Rick's yeah. last name was Jet. Uh -huh. So, uh, but so David Stein is our new executive director and he is, uh, and he's not, he's not listening in. He's not around. He's not over there. <laughs> uh, he's been amazing because uh, he's like, obviously he wants us to do our job right. But he's like, I don't care if you fail. If you try something and it just flops. Great. I, I, I want to do stuff that scares us. Um, it, um, do it the right way that honors God, that pleases um, pleases God, that you know entrusts our partners and those we partner with. Um, honor that, but let's just dream big. Um, and if we fail, we fail. Um, and there's been a lot of times. Just there's been times uh, since I've been here. It's like ah, shouldn't have done that. No, <laughs> shouldn't have done that. But they was like, okay, what did we learn? What did we learn? What were we going to do next time? And move forward so um, i love eyes i am probably people probably get tired of my facebook posts because that's about all i post about it <laughs> because i've, I've self-taught myself i don't have to share all my thoughts on facebook <laughs> i get myself i get myself in a lot of trouble a I lot of people that. get themselves in a lot of trouble when <laughs> so they do that like, so let's just do the good stuff let's do the god <sighs> stuff that's god's doing in my life in my family's life and then um in in i so I'm going to step back real quick. Um, I kind of got ahead of myself. So uh, when I was at Olive, uh, I was their preaching minister. Uh, at some point during that time, my parents were like, this is real for you, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, this is this is my life. Who we kind of uh, being over their house one day. One of their questions is like, how do you guys do this? I mean, we just we were just talking about, you know, the craziness of life. And they're like, how do you do this? And we shared our testimony. And they're like, we want to be a part of that. We, we want that. So it was funny. We were, we were praying with them. My sister walks into the house un, just unannounced. And she's like, what's going on in here? Why are you all praying? Why are you all crying? And so we shared that. So the next weekend, I got to baptize my mom and dad. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, going from the point to where 
I was questioned why I was even leaving my family because that, that's what I was doing. I was leaving my family uh, to go into ministry. Uh, why was I doing that to now I'm baptizing them? Uh, they're active in their church now. And it's just like, it's bizarre world. It's like, this is, was not my life growing up. Um, but now it's, it is. Um, uh, my, my mom uh, passed away oh, three weeks ago. Um, and that was hard. That was tough. She was 60, 68, had breast cancer. And it's just uh, the treatments ravaged her body and everything. It's just, she's in a way better off place. Um, but I have had the greatest peace about her passing. Obviously, you know, losing your mother's hard. Right. I'm not, I'm not playing that down. Oh my gosh. I know where she is. She's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing because it, it yeah. just happened. Um, so now I get to spend a lot of time with dad and deal and, and, uh, talk with him and do that. So yeah, it, it's come full circle circle. Uh, it's just been crazy. Well, thank you for sharing that that yeah. story. That's, that's good to see how that comes around. I'm, I'm going to ask you two more questions. I've been asking yes. everybody yeah. on the podcast, these questions, so you're not going to sure. be an exception to the rule. Uh oh. First question is what is something that you've learned throughout your journey that you would really wish to pass on to others? Don't sweat the small stuff. There's things in ministry uh, there's things in life um, that you just can't control mm-hmm. uh, other people. Uh, their opinions, their thoughts. There's things in you know in my work here at ICE. There's things if I if I worried about everything, I would I could not sleep. And there's nights I I worry about that stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't sleep. Don't worry about you know. Don't let the small stuff prevent you from seeing the bigger picture of what God's doing. We're we're, we're called not to look back, you know, not to live in the past. But I think there's times when we need to you know look at where we've come from, and realize that those small things that we thought were, you know, mountains, I don't even really think about them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. God's in control. And uh, the far, the further away we get from those events, we see God's hands in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not in this. I mean, it, it is in the small details, but the small details I'm talking about, is, you know, those distractions that just want to get us off course. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Last question is, uh, I'm going to give you a moment to think about it while I do the commercial. Uh, Imagine, if you will, that for the next 60 seconds, everybody in the world is going to listen to Jody England. You have 60 seconds to address the world. So what are you going to do with your 60 seconds? While you think about your answer, let me ask our listeners, have you heard about Johnson University's Vanguard Church Partners Program? Churches who seek a more dynamic relationship with the university are invited to join this partnership as we work together to foster stronger connections between churches, the university, and the students who attend Johnson from VCP churches. Student scholarships and a variety of church benefits reinforce the partnership of Johnson University with each partner church. Learn more at johnsonu.edu forward slash Vanguard or call Brian Lakin, Director of Church Relations at 865 251 2141. So Jody England, a 1999 graduate of Johnson University, Tennessee, or Johnson Bible College at the time. He, uh, yes, you, you did clarify Johnson Bible College. Johnson Bible College. Bible College okay. Um, a married to Beth, four kids, and currently working as the, uh, are you the director of, yeah, of the, the GAP the, program? Yep. Yeah, director okay. of the GAP program. Yes, sir. At, at International Disaster Emergency Service. Get that right. Service, not services. I, yes. 
uh, thank you so much for being my guest today, Jody. This has been fun. I've really appreciated catching up with you and, yeah, and learning more about your journey. So now it's up to you, Jody. What one-minute message would you give to the world? The one thing I've tried to always impress on uh, the people I, I'm, I'm privileged to serve from the pulpit or from the ministry, and this would be, I guess, speaking solely to Christians, live your life in a way that Christ is preached. I, I know that's very simple, and it's it's very it's used a lot by people. Um, but that's what I got from Johnson by the staff and the people is they lived in Christ and through Christ. Um, and as as a Christian, that's what we need to be doing. We need to live in such a God glorifying manner that we shouldn't have to say one thing about who Christ is. They should see it in our lives. Mm. And I think part of that's what brought my parents to faith is they saw Christ in us. Uh, and I'm not being boastful. I'm just being honest that it was one of those times where by us living through Christ and in Christ, he was preached without us even saying a word. Mm. Um, so that would be my challenge to, you know, people of faith, Christian faith around the world live and being part of I've, I've got to meet some amazing missionaries that I pale in comparison to, but I see them. And before I know what they're doing, I know they're living through Christ. Well, that's good. And based on, you know, the journey that you experienced yeah. and shared that, that, that just all makes so much sense and kind of testifies to what we had already said, you know, the Lord works. Yeah works through all things in order to accomplish yeah. his will. So it's, it's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Live your life in a way that Christ is preached. Um, that's, that's good. Jody, thank you so much for being my guest today on the Sojourner Podcast. This has been a pleasure to have you, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. The Sojourner Podcast is a production of the Alumni Relations Office at Johnson University, edited by Lena Gavorsky, podcast graphics by Rachel Woolard, music by Loyal Love. Tune in to other Sojourner Podcasts dropping normally weekly on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening.